Amen. Good morning, everybody. Trust that uh, you've had a wonderful week. It, uh, it's hard to believe that Easter was last week. So here we are a week later. I don't know about you, but Easter seems like it was long ago, more than just a week to me. But nonetheless, here we are on this beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, just, it couldn't be better. The only thing missing is you. We would really love to be able to see you gathered in our sanctuary and enjoying the blessings of the Lord and our praise. But we know that that is not possible now. But let me tell you something, soon and very soon, it's going to come to pass. And I know that some of you may have joined us for the first time uh, last Easter or last week, of course. And maybe you're back again today and you're kind of new. We want to welcome you. I uh, want you to know that we're here uh, during office hours, Monday through Friday. We're here to serve you. You can call us, you can email us and do uh, whatever you like. If there's a need in your life, we want to do something to, uh, to help you. We want to continue to pray for those that are not well in their body, even as I speak now. Bill Cotton, Renee, my executive assistant, her husband is having the lower part of his leg amputated right now. So that's a whole new deal for them. And uh, there's a whole, lot of new things that's taking place today. I uh, was out at uh, Granger's in North Lakeland, a barbecue place, and he actually has a drive-through now out at his little restaurant there. Unbelievable. And uh, said his business is up. And then, of course, we have other business owners in our church that are keeping it going. Brit's Cafe out there. Uh, we, we love you guys. And then the barbecues, another one who uh, they attend church here. Just so many other people that, boy, their whole world has changed a little bit. And uh, we're grateful to God that we're able to support them. And that's what I'm encouraging you to do is to give the support. And then one more little thing. We don't, we don't have a picture necessarily, but Sister Hicks, our beloved Sister Hicks that sang in our choir for 250 years. She turned 99 on Friday. We called her up and just sang happy birthday to her. And hopefully that made her day. If you happen to see her, or want to send her a note. I got to tell you, there's not a more special person in the whole world than Sister Edith Hicks. So God bless you. Thank you for being here. I would normally say, ushers, why don't you come forward? And you know what? You guys, you thought that was just routine. But I promise you, because you haven't been able to be here at the sanctuary, you would love to hear me say, ushers, would you come forward as we receive the tithe and offering? I'd love to be able to say it. But I want to thank you for your giving. I want to thank you for your faithfulness. I want to thank you because I know, I know that God answers prayer. And when you're faithful to the Lord, would you believe that someone asked me this week? I mean, get this now. This week they asked me, Pastor, do I tithe off my stimulus check? And I thought, yes. I mean, isn't that the answer? God is so good. We honor him. So thank you for your giving and thank you for giving to missions and all that goes with it. We know there are many that are suffering. We get needs that are called in here and our prayer request and we pray and we believe. Sharon and I, of course, when we hear of a need, uh, we just pray right then. You know, we'll pray right now. Pray that God will touch and minister 
So let's just believe God right where you are, either in the kitchen, around the table, uh, in front of the television. We know that you're not dressed for church today. I don't know what you're dressed for, but nonetheless, we know that you're not dressed appropriately to be able to come to church. But you know what? God's still going to answer our prayer. I believe that. So would you just take a moment and let's pause. Father God, we thank you because we know that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, you still hear our voice. Doesn't matter if we're driving in our car. It doesn't matter if we're at home. Doesn't matter if we're outside on the porch, if you happen to have a porch. Whatever it is, God, you are tuned in to what's happening right now with us. We are so grateful that even though circumstances are not routinely traditional or perfect right now, here's what we do know. A lot of great things that happened to the Bible was not routine. A lot of things that happened in Jesus' ministry certainly was not traditional. And yet we read of those things and we realize, boy, look what the Lord has done. So would you reach down and would you touch and minister to the many of these needs today? Would you bring healing to those that are sick? Would you bring Bill Cotton through that surgery successfully? And may in Jesus' name, may you let him recover and be stronger than ever. And God, there are so many, many, many more for that single adult with children who may have lost their job and they're wondering what's going to happen. And God, for that family who the main, main breadwinner has been laid off and they're wondering, how are we going to make it? Well, I know this. There have been many times in my life, in my ministry, we have said, how are we going to make it? But some way, out of nowhere, after time in the altar, God showed up. And when we didn't think we might not make it, God, you brought to pass a mighty miracle. Thank you for this privilege to love you, to honor you. Now bless every family, minister, bless every new person that's joining us today. I just pray wholesome blessing will rest over them. And we'll give you praise and honor in Christ's name. Now listen carefully. Starting a new series today, it's called Up. And you're going to enjoy it. We have a little video bumper, and uh, I think you're going to enjoy that. Some of you immediately will, uh, will connect. We're talking about going up when everything else seems to be going down or washing away or is certainly not routine. We thought we'd get started today, and I pray you'll take a, just a quick look at this video and see what you think. It'll be a blessing to you, I promise. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Mr. Fredrickson. You ready to go? <laughs> ready as I'll ever be. Would you do me a favor and take this? I'll meet you at the van in just a minute. I, uh, want to say one last goodbye to the old place. Sure. Take all the time you need, sir. That's typical. He's probably going to the bathroom for the 80th time. <sighs> You'd think he'd take better care of his house.
I know that video is uh, tremendously enticing to some of you. I know some of you would say, boy, wouldn't I like to just float up out of what we're in now and just fly away somewhere. But it's just not that easy. And we know that that old man in the picture, well, I guess he had waited his moment. He certainly didn't want to go to the retirement center. He wanted to take all of his possessions in his house and get out of here. I had that experience one time. A number of years ago, we had a big event here at the church, and, and we had a hot air balloon. Now, I've seen a lot of hot air in my life, but when it's all in a balloon, hot air balloon, Sharon, I persuaded her to get in, and Jack and Mary Wise, uh, who were former staff members, they got in the little basket thing with us, and and of course, Sharon's asking a whole lot of questions and we go up, I don't want to go up too high, yada, yada, yada. And we get in and I'm persuading, oh, Sharon, you don't have to worry. This is a professional. This man has been up in this balloon uh, many, many, many times. And we go to rise and we go high above the church here and way higher than the steeple. And apparently, I don't know, a crosswind caught us and we began to just float away and and uh, matter of fact, I don't even remember where we finally landed. But nonetheless, when he finally brought the balloon down, it was a hard landing. And the thing went just crashing on the ground and laid over on the side. I was on the bottom and on top of me, laying on top of me was Sharon. Laying on top of her was Mary Wise. Laying on top of Mary was Jack. And it was, a, it was a memorable occasion of which I will never forget. But I have not been able to persuade Sharon to get on another hot air balloon ever again. And if you're voting out there, how many of you by a raised hand would say, I, I, I don't think you're going to do it ever, you know. Well, I, I see your hand. So we understand uh, as we deal with up, staying uh, up when things are down. And we're in challenging times. There's no doubt about it. But uh, may I say to you, these are not death times. I mean, from the standpoint that life ought to just stop. These are not times if you're going to follow Jesus to be absolutely depressing. As a matter of fact, these are wonderful times for the church to make lemonade out of the lemons that we have. We believe that according to the reports that, that we have that, hey, we've kind of hit a peak and for whatever that means, and every uh, geographic location is different. Some, of course, are uh, there at the beach today. I, I was uh, uh, fueling up yesterday at Wawa, two carloads of people. It was early in the morning, and I'm, I'm no, I mean to tell you, they were ready. They had their towels and had their bathrobes and whatever else, and they were headed to the beach. And then I, I read a little bit, and I thought, I, I didn't know the beaches here in Florida were open. I thought the ones in Jacksonville were open. But some of you, no doubt, may be at the beach today, and you're watching. Hopefully that uh, you've made that. But in those times, we know things are different than, than they've ever been. And I want to say again that prayer time, uh, 714, 2 Chronicles 714, AM, 714 PM, take that time to join us in prayer. But I know that even in tough times, not everybody is positive. And not every person is, uh, is uh, said, I'm, I'm going to get over this and have a positive outlook. As a matter of fact, here's what I found. And we find that true in our counseling and phone calls that we get here at the church. Often when the family is cooped up together, 
you know, in the house or wherever it may be, two things happen. This is what I found out. You either get closer together. You think, wow, what a wonderful time. I, I get to mend some fences that are kind of broken down during this time we're all here together we're we're eating more at we're eating more at home i I saw someone on facebook said my new budget for the month of april is uh, travel expense zero eating out zero uh uh, another one zero food in the house over sixteen hundred dollars and boy everybody is cooking cooking at home and and we're enjoying or the other thing is they're getting sweeter and getting better or i'm telling you it is tough i mean you're finding out the weak spots you're finding out the hot spots you're finding out that what you have forgotten that you didn't like is beginning to surface the kids are getting on your nerves and you know what you're wanting to do you're wanting to you're wanting to raise the hot air balloons and just take off and get out of the situation but life does not stop have you noticed that life doesn't stop i uh, heard a little story it's a a man and his wife who turned 60. how many know that 60 is not old say amen i heard you out there they turned 60 within a few days of one another and it was really interesting and thought well you know this 60th birthday they they did something that was not necessarily traditional and and they came to the agreement we're going to get one wish we're going to believe that one wish is going to come to pass so he turned to his loving little wife and said sweetheart what would be your wish and uh, she said well you know i wish i wish that that we could afford that we have the tickets to travel just around the world and i mean puff of smoke hit all of a sudden she's got those tickets in her hand travel guides and agenda it's unbelievable she said wow this came to pass she said what's yours honey and he said oh my mine is this mine i i i i wish that i wish that i i were married to someone 30 years younger than i am poof the smoke hit all of a sudden it cleared and she looked at him he turned 90 years of age 30 years older than her at 60. well things like that don't happen just automatically but a lot of things just does not come together like we think that it should hopefully you laughed out there at home we don't like the weather have you noticed that it was raining yesterday someone said my lord look at this rain on the day i was going to try to get stuff done some people are just negative and they're complainers i think some people have the gift of complaint they complain about everything it's too cold it's too wet it's too humid and on and on and on we go some people say well i don't like the online services well and some say oh my lord pastor you guys are doing such a great job i want i want to compliment you on that well may we get to the day soon and very soon that we don't have to depend on the online services you can be back here in the sanctuary but thank god for what we've got right now and we praise the lord for that and people just complain about everything well let me change lanes let me show you how it works if i were to ask you and you respond how many of you consider yourselves to be excellent drivers i mean you're good you're just one of those positive drivers you get out there and you know how to manage it and if you are just kind of raise your hand there you go at home and maybe some disagreement there around the television there at the house but you know what happens if you consider yourself 
an expert driver. Do you know what often expert drivers do? Expert drivers judge everybody else. Look at that idiot. They never use their turn signal. There they are turning in front of me, barely put on their brake lights, and we are critical about them. Look at that person who doesn't run the speed on the interstate. Look at that individual. It's supposed to be the on-ramp acceleration lane. And what do they do? Get to the end of the acceleration lane and stop and wait for the traffic to clear out there on I-4. We, we can become extremely critical, etc. Sharon and I were coming up Griffin Road the other day. It's four lane from Publix back here to the office. She said, there's a car up there. It's got his flashers on. And I thought, okay. And we pulled up and sure enough, there's a car and had the smoke windows. And, and uh, so she said, you need to help them. What would Jesus do? <laughs> well, Jesus would speak a miracle and the car would crank and get on out of the way. But I guess the best that I can do, since I'm not Jesus, is get out and check. So I pulled up and got about, I don't know, 30 or 40 feet behind the individual right in the, in the lane, not in the lane getting off to make a left turn. And I put my flashers on. I, I ran up there. You should have seen that, a beautiful specimen of humanity. And I got there. The car was running. And I knocked on the door, and the guy the window and the smoke glass came down i said uh, sir it was a young man i said uh, your car's running is there is there a problem you're right here in the middle of the four-lane highway you've just stopped you haven't turned over and got in the the lane to exit or anything and he said well my engine light came on and I, I i'm afraid to do anything I said, if you stay here, you won't have to worry about doing anything. Somebody who's not paying attention is going to ram you in the rear, and you're going to be booted right on through that light there. He said, you think I ought to move out of the way? I cannot tell you what I was thinking. I says, well, I was going to push you out of the way. But if you don't mind, put it in drive. He said, I'm only three minutes from where I'm going. I said, put it in drive and very casually and cautiously see if it'll go. He said, it'll go. So he put it in drive and he drove off. I turned around and went back to my vehicle and got in and he absolutely had disappeared. I thought, that is amazing to me. Someone, what, what was, you think he was confused? You think he was lost? You think he had a mental breakdown? What I'm trying to tell you, in today's culture and society, more things are happening that we don't understand. I consider myself a great driver, but I consider him a not-so-good driver. Well, in life, we can become professionals at thinking we are it. You know anybody like that? We are it. I mean, we are so together. We're just so debonair, suave. We, we really have it together. And if you're not careful, that seeps into your spirit, man. That When that seeps into your spirit, man, you're running into big, big, big problems. There's some things in drive through Have you been to a drive through lately? You go through a drive through they, they don't get your order right. And it's not like you can turn around and go right back through because there are 30 cars out there. You, you, you just can't do it. There is one place, though, one restaurant of which I'll not mention their name, but usually the order is right, and usually they say, my pleasure to you. They usually get it right, and we thank 
them for that. So just a lot of activity out there that we can, uh, we can get tied up in and we don't understand and that that brings displeasure to us, could make us mad and make us aggravated. Or maybe, maybe you know, you ladies, you say, I, I don't know what shoes to wear. Well, you're not going shopping, so you don't have to worry about much. And you go in the closet and you look and you think, wow, I don't, I don't have any shoes to wear. And it's amazing with the 36 pair that you already have that you don't or open the closet. I don't have any, I don't have a dress to wear. Wow. To go with 150 other dresses that are already in the closet or you go to the cupboard when you come in and you think, man, I don't, I don't know what we're going to eat. You go to the fridge and it's full and you think, I don't, I don't know what we're going. I don't know what we're going to do, what we're going to eat. You know what the problem is? We have too much and we've been blessed too much to appreciate what we already have. Now, Follow me carefully. That often happens if we're not careful. The message today up, and we're going to be dealing with gratitude. So here's just a little peek into a scripture illustration. Luke 17. We know that as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, fasten your seatbelt, see what God will say to you. All right? See if you've been complaining lately. See if you've been upset with somebody. See if you're taking for granted what you, what you have presently. Well, we know that we have to coach ourselves to learn to be uh, less critical. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to be less critical. Go ahead. It's all right to do that. You need to be less critical. And we need to become more grateful and more positive. How do you feel about that? You agree? We need to become more grateful, grateful to God. According to research, positive and grateful people have a better mindset about what life looks like in other words a grateful person a positive person looks and said yeah it's COVID-19 but the reality is we've had to change the way we do things a little bit but still still we're going to make it we're going to we're going to move on through this and and God's going to bless us a more grateful person often is more generous I mean more generous and and more thankful and more complimentary to people. But individuals that are not grateful, they're complainers. They look at the negative side of life. Listen, this is not the time for the church and those that are professing followers of Jesus Christ for us to be negative about anything. It's our time to shine and to be positive about what we do have in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's our text. It is Luke 17, verse number 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Summary. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's on the border between Samaria and Galilee. Ten men cry out. They're from a distance. Have pity on us. And we know they were giving a cry out of their heart for help. And they knew Jesus is their only, only hope. Now, Leviticus 13 out of the Old Testament kind of gives us some insight about lepers. First, they had to tear their clothing Secondly, they had to shave their head. Thirdly, they had to keep their mouth shut unless they were screaming unclean. And fourthly, they were an outcast of society. Stay away. You talk about distancing. 
That's when it first started back then. Distancing, you cannot get close to anyone. So Jesus is coming near them and they're screaming to the top of their voice, unclean, unclean. And here's what happened. Here's the story, 17, 14 of Luke. When he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, action, faith. As they went and did what he said, they were cleansed. Verse 15, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. Now, how many went initially? Ten. How many came back? One. We're not all ten cleansed, Jesus said. The one who came back was a Samaritan who was the only foreigner in the group, so to speak, who came back and gave Jesus worship and praise for being healed. In a world these days, when people are critical of leadership, critical of governmental leaders, critical how come the beaches are open in Jacksonville and not open in Bradenton, critical of I didn't get a stimulus, critical well I didn't, I got too much stimulus, critical of everything that goes on. That should not be in the spirit, especially in tough times like today, but in the spirit of a follower of Jesus Christ at all. We should be grateful, and I'm going to take you through that in just a moment. We want to go up. We won't want to be in the mundane lifestyles of most who haven't learned to have a better perspective in life. We want to go up. And this is our time. It's our time to do it. Let's get ready. Now, here's number one. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Say that with me out there. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Where does it come from? Above. Comes from God. James 1:17. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Now think with me for a moment, cross your arms, and think, every good and perfect gift comes from above. If I'm a school teacher or Bible teacher to my kids, how am I going to explain what that means? Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Well, just turn the volume up, bring your kids around, and I'll explain it for you. Every good and perfect gift comes from above all of us know people who are positive and complimentary do you know that that often people are critical of us you've been criticized lately someone took issue with you lately i'm sure that's true but when people are complimentary of you and positive you know what you often tuck them in your heart and you keep them there forever when victory first started uh, we had a board, 12, 12 individuals on the board, and all of them were great and wonderful individuals. But there was one, his name was Don Pike. Don Pike uh, took upon himself that the visitors that we uh, had every Sunday, he would start calling them Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. He called them on Monday. He called me every Sunday night and said, hey, Pastor, I talked to this many people today. And boy, did they love the service. They loved victory. They loved your preaching. Pastor, I just want to let you know, wow, you, you did a masterful job with the message today. I want to say thank you. Then he'd call me Monday night, and he'd say, hey, Pastor, uh, boy, here are the reports that I, I received. And, uh, and people were really touched. Got several people that were saved. I just want you, I just want you to know that. You're doing a great job. Well, I want you to know he found a place in my heart 
Now, our entire board, of which the strong majority, I didn't even know. But I found out that they were encouragers. I found out that they, of course, were individuals who thought in a positive way. And it made me feel good, even in the very tough times of the initial beginning of establishing Victory Church. But some people think, well, <laughs> you know, for whatever it is that I have, I earned it and I worked for it. But may I tell you the strength and the ingenuity and the mental capacity that you had to earn whatever it is that you consider an asset? Did you know that that blessing came from above? Noah, of course, was given the challenge of building an ark, and God gave him wisdom every single day to be able to do that. The children of Israel were in the wilderness. They were hungry and starving, and God said, hey, you, you don't have the ability to earn here in the desert, and he gave them manna. Do you know David facing Goliath? He had the faith to go toward him, and he said he came in the name of the Lord. You know that God gave him the ammunition, and the aim went right to the head of Goliath. Did you know that when Jesus or when God had decided whom it was going to carry, baby Jesus, here on earth as the mother, it was Mother Mary, that that vessel God chose in that young teenage girl to say, you will be the mother of the most famous person in the whole world. It was all God. The Bible said he's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Lion of the Judah. So what does God do? The Holy Spirit comforts us and he says, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go up a level. I need you to evaluate and say, have I had a bad attitude? Is my perspective on life during this period of time, is it, has it been negative? Have I been complaining to you, God, about not being able to go to the beauty salon and having my hair done or my toes? And, or God, have I been complaining to you because my company told me I, I might be laid off and I'm, I'm really complaining about that? But remember this, wherever you're at and whatever you have, everything you have came from the Lord. Number two, here it is. I will not let what I want, this is good, rob me of the blessing of what I have. Here we go. I'll not let what I want rob me of the blessing of what I have. Maybe you want a better car. Maybe you want a better house. Maybe you want better countertops because the food's just not good on those laminate countertops. Granted, the food is always better. This is what Ecclesiastes says, the sixth chapter, verse number nine. Better what the eye sees than the roving of the appetite. In other words, he says this, better what you have now than what it is you think you desire. So he says, it's better to evaluate what you have now than what you want becomes bitter, better and bigger than what you presently have. In other words, here it is. Enough is not enough. Well, let me ask this question. When is enough enough? When do you ever get to that place that you say, you know what? That really is just something that I, I want, want, want to add to all the other things that I have. And when you do that, here's what happens. You begin to be ungrateful for what you do have. The message is saying, take a step up and adopt gratitude in your life. 
And here's something, gratitude turns whatever you have into enough. When you are grateful and say, I have it all, Here, here's enough, God. Here's everything that I need. I saw a Facebook post, and it was um, from a friend of mine, and he said, years ago, you sat on the front porch. Today, you can go buy a can of black-eyed peas, or you can get them out of the freezer, you know, at, uh, at one of your local grocery stores. But he said, in times like these, this is what it looked like on the porch. Showed this big old number three wash tub full of black-eyed peas that had to be shelled. And you'd sit around and you'd be shelling those vegetables. Or you'd be canning something else. Today, it's really, really easy to do. But here's the point that he's saying. Is do not take for granted the privilege that you have for now and get so carried away to want more and your desire so great that you do not give God praise for what you already have. Most of us enjoy three meals a day. You're going to have to work hard if, if you don't gain weight during this particular situation. You're just going to have to be careful of that. You have to be careful if you're complaining about your job. I talked to a man yesterday. How's business? He said, it's down. He said, listen, pastor, I'm just glad to have a job. Right now, I'm ever grateful to have a job. Did you get a stimulus check? Yeah. No, sir. I didn't get one. But he said, I'm just glad that I get to show up for work every single day. How long have you worked here? 31 years, he said. 31 years and still with an attitude of saying, I'm just glad to have a job. Listen, church, this is our best time. What a privilege God has given us to be able to walk through these circumstances so we get to ramp up our spiritual strength and maturity and get better. This is what Paul says. I've learned a few things. Philippians 4, if I've learned to be content in whatever the circumstance, I've learned to be content. Hello, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. We know that too. He goes on. He said, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Is there anything wrong with that statement? Is anything wrong with that scripture? Nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's something that we have to remember. It's something that we have to say when we sing, I am blessed. I am blessed every day that I live. I am blessed. Look around where you are right now. And you thank God. Look, God, my kids are healthy. Look around your house right now. The air conditioner's probably working. Look around your house and outside and you see the vehicles that you have and you see your children that, that you say, wow, I'm not running into anything that's difficult now. You see, take this now. This is, this is good post material. Until Christ is all that you have, you may never know Christ is all you need. Until you decide that Christ is all you have, you may not ever know that Christ is all you need. When you say, God... Having you is more than enough for me. Having the fact to know that you love me is more than enough. And as a result, I can do all things 
through Christ. But you know what happens? People feel entitled. I saw one news story where a group and crowd had gathered at a, at a local official's office, and they're saying, we want our checks. We want our checks. We want our checks. And I thought, God help us. We want our checks. A spirit of entitlement that is there. Well, ask yourself this question. Have you been generous enough? Have you been faithful enough to God? Have you been enough in walking out your spiritual life that God ought to just open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing to you? Sharon and I, the other day, we were driving through the parking lot. We went through a drive-thru, and so we went to a parking lot, and we just sat, no cars in the parking lot, and uh, we were eating a hamburger. That's it, a hamburger. Not, not a Five Guys hamburger. We're the McDonald hamburger family. And so we're, we're eating a hamburger. No, that was the steak and shake. That's a step up. So we're sitting in the parking lot. She looked, and she said, look over there. And I eat faster than she does. She said, why do you eat so fast? I said, because that's what I came here to do. I came to eat. And it, it's done. Now let's do something else. She said, look at that homeless person. He was over digging out of the garbage in front of Dick's Sporting Goods. She said, you need to give him some money. I said, you bring your purse? No. I said, well, okay. Do you have any money? I said, I have, I have a few dollars. You need to give him something. Well, when would you like for me to do that? I said to her. She says, when I get through eating. I said, he'll be long gone by then. So she watched him and he disappeared and we got through. She says, now I want to go find him. I said, you want to go find him? That's right. She said, you know, you are supposed to be the generous one. You're the pastor of the church. I said, let's go find him. So we drove in front of Michael's, in front of Target. We drove down past the furniture place. We turned left there and she spotted him. There he is. I said, you think he's really homeless? She said, let's follow him. He looks like he's been over at Panda Express. I said, if he's got something to eat in his hand, Sharon, follow him. We followed him. Finally sat down way back at Dick's on a bench, had a hoodie on. That person we thought was a male was a female. I turned around where she could give them the money. The window went down. Person came over to the car. She stuck money out. And the lady said, thank you. Thank you so much. I said, listen, don't forget you know, don't forget Jesus. We'll be praying for you. Now listen, friend. You know what Sharon always tells me? That could be you. That could be you. Don't judge. What I'm suggesting to you now, if we ever get to the place that we just feel entitled or we think that we think that what we have is never good enough and we can never settle down. 
and say, God, I just want you and I trust you. And if there's something I need, Lord, then you bring it my way. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting more. Let me say that for the benefit of some of you now. There's nothing wrong with wanting more, but it should never exceed wanting more of Jesus Christ. So here we go. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, and I'm not going to let what I want rob me of what I presently have. And then finally, I will turn every blessing into praise. Every blessing into praise into praise. Think about that now. I want to turn every blessing into praise. So here we go. That's what it means. If we don't turn the blessing back to praise, it will turn to pride. If we don't turn it to praise, it'll turn to pride. So David writes in Psalm 63, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. God, I just want to take time. And you're right there, wherever you're at, in your home or in your car. This is a good time when I wrap up in just a moment. For somebody in your family to lead out and just say, hey, we have all these things. And we're going to take a minute and just give God thanks and give him praise for what he has done. A number of years ago, Sharon's birthday, was well, Sharon's birthday every year, but this was a special birthday. And we went to Disney. You've heard that story. I thought I bought stock in Disney. But nonetheless, it was at the end. We'd been good, the whole family there. We had some small grandchildren, and we're good, and, and the parade starts. And somebody screamed, we're missing one. One of the grandchildren was not with us, and we'd practiced holding hands and all that all night till then. But this little one, somewhere along the way, got the hand loose, and the parade was taking off, etc., and that grandbaby froze. When the grandbaby froze, there was a lady that had traveled with us. In other words, wherever we went, she saw us and realized that we were a family. And she saw that little grandbaby just standing there crying, not moving. And there, there was just wall-to-wall people. She took the hand. She could see us. Took the hand and brought the baby over to us and said, I think this one belongs to you. Now, you talk about the fright and the fear of losing a grandchild in the middle of that crowd was unbelievable. I'd kind of been complaining about the cost. It started raining. It was cold. It was one thing after another. But you know what? Nothing mattered when we found that that grandbaby was lost. And when that grandbaby was found and back safe, there was nothing else on our mind except thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. Now, there needs to be a time in all of our lives and our families, and now is as good a time as any, that we don't have to have a tragedy or someone getting lost or a pandemic to get us to the place where we would just automatically say, God, 
I want to go up a notch or two. I want to thank you. I want to praise you. I've been asking you for way too much. and I've been complaining about what I have way too much. But I want to turn what I have into praise. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my church. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. And when you do, here's what I know. A feeling, a peace that passes all understanding will overcome you as you initiate that step of praise to God. It will happen. Let's pause for prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for the abundance of your blessing. Now minister and give us wisdom and guidance. Lord, I praise your name, the name above every name. And God, I pray for those whose heart may not be right with you. Maybe, maybe they're found with sin. Maybe they, they've been rebellious. Maybe they haven't served you. Maybe they haven't acknowledged you. Maybe they've been blaming you for the pandemic. And God, their heart is just out of tune. And it will be out of tune. It will be out of tune. Unless we keep ourselves in prayer in the presence of the Lord. But just in case there's one who may not know you, maybe they've turned around and maybe they've rebelled and they need peace today. I'm going to ask every one of you out there to repeat this prayer. Would you do that just for a moment? If you can't, say it out loud. Say it in your heart. Are you ready? Here we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. Jesus, I am sorry. I have made mistakes. I've made wrong decisions. But today, I humble myself and I ask you to do what I haven't been able to do. And that is to forgive me. I love you. And I praise you, and I desire to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't forget, friend, we're here. We honor you. Look for us on Wednesday night again. And then take a look for us in this next service at 1045, and then Wednesday night at 630. We want you to know, soon and very soon, things are going to change for the better. I love you, everybody. Let's worship one more time. Here we go. Come on, sing this together. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus. Let's declare your name is a lie. Come on. Cause your name is a lie that the shadows can't deny. Your name cannot be overcome. Cause your name is a lie forever lifted high. Your name cannot be overcome. We declare Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, this time.
thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope that you'll join us back Wednesday for our next online experience at 630. God bless you guys. Have an awesome day. Pastor said in his message, gratitude turns whatever we have into enough. The Apostle Paul echoes that same statement in Philippians chapter 4 when he says, For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. The circumstances surrounding us may be chaotic and challenging, but the Word also says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What a great series, staying up when things are down. Remember, if you need help, please text ASSIST to 863-400-1226 and our staff will quickly respond to you. You can stay connected with Victory Church throughout the week through Facebook or Instagram and you can also visit victorylakeland.org. Hey, we can't wait to see you Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. for our next online service. Have a great Sunday.